0: And so we're going to be looking at that passage from Ecclesiastes, uh, from uh, chapter 1, verse 12, through to the end of chapter 2. Now, I wonder, where do you look for satisfaction and for meaning in life? Where do you look uh, for those things? Or perhaps where most people look for those things. Uh, Perhaps you look to uh, relationships and to family, uh, perhaps you look to to work or uh, to sort of projects and things. Perhaps uh, you look to leisure, where it is uh, that you look uh, for meaning. there's you know, it's something which everyone is is looking for. Everyone wants to find meaning, and everyone wants to find uh, that kind of satisfaction that comes from you know um, doing something well and finding finding that meaning. And this is why I think looking at uh, ecclesiastes is is so helpful uh, for us because i think it helps us to to know where to look or where not to look uh, for, for these things and the words i think are really striking aren't they if you're you're not used to them mm-hmm. where it comes up and, and it says uh, as it says in we looked at last week meaningless meaningless everything is is meaningless and in that passage today again this is, what we, this is what we find, he says in, in verse 14, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun, all of them are meaningless, are chasing after the wind. And just to, to remind you that meaningless just means like, if you breathe out on a cold day, and the, you see the vapour there just for a second, and then it disappears. That's the, the sense of the word. It's just empty, you no know, vapour, um, vanities, the, the traditional way it was translated. That's the sense of it. And so, um, whoever um, the teacher is perhaps Solomon, he is saying, look, I've tried it all. I've tried everything. And all of it is, is the same. And he even says in verse 18, for when much wisdom comes much sorrow. the more knowledge, the more grief. So he, he almost says, in fact, he does say really, that, that wisdom is almost the worst thing of all. That wisdom is, is the worst thing. Why is that? Well, he goes on in chapter two um, to think about the different uh, aspects that he's looked at. So he looks at um, pleasures in verses one to three of chapter two. Um, you know, laughter, he talks about pleasure, um, wine uh, and so on. And you know those are uh, all of those sort of good experiences, but they don't last very long, do they? You think about if you have a really good meal or or something. Uh, You might enjoy it for a few minutes. But at the end of the day, does it really bring you lasting satisfaction? And the answer, according to to the teacher here, is no. It might satisfy you for a few minutes, or an hour or two. But it won't last. That's the point of it. That's what he's trying to say. And then he says... In verse 4, I undertook great projects, so he's, he's built houses, planted vineyards, he's made gardens and parks, and planted trees, he's made reservoirs, and he's had slaves and um, owned things, silver and gold, um, man of emasinus, it says, um, and a harem as well. So he's had everything, every kind of pleasure that a man can own, he has had it. Did that bring him satisfaction? As it says in verse 10, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. This was the reward for all my toil. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done, what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So he did all of these things. He owned all of these things. And at the end of it, it was just all meaningless, as he says. It didn't bring him any lasting satisfaction. I think this is an experiment that a lot of people in our society are running as well. They were thought at the start about where people find meaning. And a lot of people are trying to find meaning in things, or in their career, or perhaps in their families. And if you look for ultimate meaning in those things... You, you won't be satisfied at the end of the day. Because those things uh, don't bring ultimate satisfaction. They might last for a while, but at, uh, at the end of the day, they don't bring lasting satisfaction. And even, as, uh, as uh, the teacher says, wisdom and folly are meaningless. He says in verse 14, chapter 2, verse 14, the wise arise in the heads while the fool walks in the darkness. But I came to realize that the same fate overtakes them both. So he says, like we were looking at last week, what's the point, of anything, what's the point in living rightly and wisely when we're all just going to die anyway? That just makes fools of of everyone, whether you live wisely or whether you live foolishly at the end of the day. Both, Both wise and foolish suffer the same fate. And then he, he delves into this, this idea about death a bit more uh, in verses um, 17 to 23. He thinks about what happens to everything we gain. And uh, he says in verses 18 and 19, I hated all the things I had toiled for, because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish. Yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I pour my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So he says, at the end of the day, you can, have, you can have all sort, you can have as much money as you like. You can be a king, you can be the ruler of nations. You're just going to have to leave it to the person who comes after you. That's, that's going to be your fate, however much you have or don't have. You're just going to have to leave it at the end of the day. And, um, and then he says that, uh, in verses 22 and 23, What do people get? For all the toil and anxious striving which which they labour. All their days their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. He made me think actually of the, um, the famous um, uh, prayer from the funeral service in the Book of Common Prayer. Man that is born of woman hath but a short time to live, and is full of misery... He cometh up and is cut down like a flower. He fleeth, as it were, a shadow, and never continueth in one stay. And um, I think that's the thing, isn't it? That death makes a mockery of life. Death makes a mockery of life. If that's all there is. If that's all there is, then there's, there is no point to anything, is there? There's no point to any work that we do there's no point in any, any good things that we might get because they don't last. They don't really give us any satisfaction and we're just gonna die anyway. And, uh, and if that's all there is, we may as well give up. And it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, a lot of people who don't believe in anything after death still devote themselves to all these things. It's like we can't help ourselves as human beings. You know, we were made for meaning. We are made for for more, but we uh, we can't escape it. Uh, and yet, some people still think, you know, cannot accept that?" You know, if, we, if death is is the end, then all of our lives are just meaningless. So this is what um, this is that the the, uh, the writer, or, uh, the teacher, comes on to at the end of that passage there, verses twenty four to twenty six. And this is where we're gonna. going to finish. uh, This is his conclusion. He said, well, what's the point of anything? He says, a person can do nothing better to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. So, he says, life and work and the pleasures that we have are a gift. But, he says, um, this is from the hand of God. So these things begin to make sense when we realise that, that these, the pleasures and the good things of this life, you know work, family, um, a nice meal or whatever, these things are a gift from God and that they, when we accept them and understand them as a gift from God, then it starts to make sense of our lives. He says, uh, without him, without God, who can eat or find enjoyment? So without God, if we chase after all of those things for our satisfaction, for our pleasure, then they won't give us satisfaction or pleasure. Not for very long, anyway, because there will be an empty hole inside. Do you know that phrase which sometimes gets, gets said, you know, everyone has a God-shaped hole? And I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that phrase, but I, I think it does get at something, something true, which is, we've all got a craving for something beyond the things of this life. And that if we try and fill that hole with the things of this life, it will never fit. It will never be quite right. And a lot of celebrities find this. I don't know if you've read stories of people who they get to the top, you know, they get to be famous, they get to uh, have money. Or you know, fame and celebrity, whatever it is that they, they crave, and they get there, and then find actually it's, it's empty. I think it was Madonna. I believe it was her who said, you know, people think that being famous is, is all about you know people recognising you have money, and you know what? They're absolutely right. And and that's the thing, isn't it? That you know if people recognise you and you have lots of money. What do you gain? And that's and that is uh, that is the truth isn't it I and mean, without God the pleasures uh, of, of life and the life that we have are meaningless and what um, what this this um, session this um, uh, this week is entitled is "Bursting in the bubble that's the chapter of the book the uh, living life Backward book that I mentioned burst in the bubble and that's the thing that, Ecclesiastes is trying to do, that the teacher is trying to do, is to burst the bubble. And to say, to say to us, look, where are we really looking for our satisfaction? Because if we're looking for our satisfaction in all of these earthly things, then it won't satisfy. But if we look to God, then we can accept these things as a gift, and they will uh, satisfy because we'll see them as a gift from the one who, who gives them see the, these things as a gift and that is the right place for all of these the pleasures of life uh, to be and I do wonder if this, the whole kind of situation with with Covid uh, is actually uh, I think a message from God actually to, to, our, to our society and saying well, where do you find your satisfaction you know because uh, at the moment all of our lives so many of the things that we we would have relied on to give us pleasure and so on, they've been taken away or or restricted. And God's saying, now where do you really find your satisfaction? Where do you really find your satisfaction? So let me finish with a couple of of quotes um, from from the Bible which I thought were good to finish with. The first thing is um, Psalm 90 verse 12 where the, the psalm of, it says the psalm of Moses, the man of God. And uh, Psalm 90, verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So when we think about uh, death, when we think about pleasures, we can ask God to give us a heart of wisdom to understand how to live our lives and where we find our satisfaction and pleasure. And the final thing is, Uh, these uh, wonderful words of Jesus in that Matthew chapter 6 famous words Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 he says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well and that's I think a good place to finish and I think that's a very Ecclesiastes message actually seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all of the other things will be given to you as well If you seek all the other things, you won't find them. If you seek God, seek his kingdom, seek his righteousness. All these other things will be yours as well. I think that's a good place to finish with.